Daddy Darth. And welcome to the world's only movie podcast, Actually Best Choice Movies. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Chris Chafin. And, you know, it's going to keep being that. So fuck you. Um, And I'm one of your hosts. Fuck you. <laughs> Caleb Shively is so wait, my name. Uh, wait, your name is fuck you or your name is Caleb Shively? I'm Ooh, not... I could illegally change it because that's how podcasts work. They're... I think, yes, everything that happens on a podcast is legally binding. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, that's why Comedy Bang Bang is the uh, literal game changer, changed the world. <laughs> that's why Scott Ackerman is president. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Paul F. Tompkins has so many passports because sure. he's got a lot of names. <laughs> Allow me to introduce myself. Please I do. I am Mayor Junius Bobble Doodery. <laughs> <laughs> so you're listening to Actually Best Choice Movies. As I said, it's the world's only movie podcast. Every week, Caleb and I talk about two movies. One of them's old, one of them's new, and, but they're both both good theoretically i think this week they're both good um, yeah they're good they're good ones yeah. guys um we're going to be talking about one cut of the dead a japanese indie zombie movie which came out in the united states this uh year and just like a week ago as we sit here recording this although uh, yeah, it's very very weekend, limited yeah. distribution i think yeah it'll be on shutter eventually it'll be on shutter yeah because i think they are the people that are doing yes. this right yeah. yeah and then the other one is the classic 1978 movie uh, from george romero uh dawn of the dead that's all this week on Actually Best Choice Movies. Best Choice Movies. Uh, but before we get to any of that, Caleb, what have you been watching this week, Oh, dog? several things. Uh, Ooh, do tell. Do tell. Well, please. I'll just go through the ones I want to go through quick. <laughs> uh, they added a bunch of John Schlesinger movies to uh, Criterion Channel. I watched oh, uh, Marathon Man, which I haven't seen, which is... Uh, uh, 70s Dustin Hoffman action Yeah, that's piece. like a fantastic yeah. movie. It's really yeah. good, yeah. Would you call that an action movie? It's yeah, action action thriller. Yeah, like a thriller, yeah. Like yeah, an action uh, thriller. Lawrence yeah. Uh, Olivier uh, plays a straight-up villain in that movie. He's so good. I mean, yeah. is it safe? Yeah. Take your time. <laughs> Tell me. Is it safe? You hadn't seen that before. Got it. And watching the, to the yeah, tooth torture in that movie. Yeah, and then the rest of the movie has a hole in his tooth. <laughs> Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's a really cool movie, and it's uh, called Marathon Man, and there's just a lot of scenes of just chasing. There's a great... One of the opening scenes is uh, two old guys yelling at each other in a car, and then they end up... It's like goes on for like three or four minutes of them just yelling at each other as they're driving recklessly in the streets of New York, and then there's a... It ends with them dying in a fiery crash. <laughs> and that's a good tone setter for a movie. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That's amazing. They're just yelling Yiddish at each other, too. And they're yelling at each other because... Uh, his car stalled and was blocking the street. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that was good. I saw the um, sequel to It Chapter Oh, I also one. saw that. It Chapter uh, 2 it, is what it's called. Uh, yeah. I like to call it It 2 Mamba Tambien. Uh, that's a stupid joke. Um, I mean, the go-to is normally like It 2 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blink-182 Electric Boogaloo. It 2 The Itning. The Itning. Um... Wow, do they spend some money on that movie? <laughs> yeah, wow. You mean just like the cast or the visual effects? Uh, visuals were great. The... Uh, I had a fun time watching it. Uh, it's not scary for it's supposed to be scary. It's not movie. scary. I found the first one very scary. Yeah, the first I, one was I cool and fun and scary. Didn't find this one scary at all. Like... No, the there was some like the kids were in danger in the first one. That's fun for me. 
and scary. Well, I like because that. you hate children. Is that why? I love watching them in danger. But this one, like, there's even... <laughs> that is the same thing. And it's a great Bill Hader movie. Uh, James Ransom, who I've always liked. I'm glad he's uh, had a little breakout role I in like, this. I like Bill Hader. Of course, everyone loves Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love his character. He's like a very successful stand-up comedian. And he's always <laughs> going mouth. like, trash mouth. Yeah, he's always like, what is going on here, guys? He just undercut. It's very funny, but like, does the movie... The movie doesn't need to be that funny. No, no, it, and it uh, isn't really that funny, I would say. Like, there's so much stuff that they, takes me out of it. Like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be scary, but okay, I'm just watching a, a movie. It but did, again, like, the creature design is really cool. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the clown guy is cool. There's lots of really, like, the thing that's in the one of the trailers where there's an, a naked old woman dancing oh, around yeah. really creepy, like, that's yeah, scary um, and weird. There's a scene where Jessica Stain is in a locked in a bathroom stall and it fills up with blood. That's yeah, right. cool looking. I guess that signifies her period. Is, is that what's going on? I don't, I don't really know. Uh, it was in the first movie. She had that tub blood thing. Right. Yeah. Or would that also, that also signify okay, her then period? There, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was. I, I thought it was a lot more of like an adventure-y movie because it, it felt a lot more like a Stephen King book. Like yeah. they had to collect tokens and then they have to do a ritual and then everybody. It also felt like they almost couldn't get them all in the same room at the same oh, time because everybody has an individual quest to go on and then everybody has an individual horror scenario. Yeah. So like a bunch of the movie, it's just you're like, okay, I'm waiting for like to go through all five or six of these people. Yeah, and they don't even show Mike's. Uh, part for the most lip. Oh yeah, that's true, right? Uh, what what was his part? I don't even remember. He was the one who called the elf at first. Oh right, like what was his terror thing? Oh his oh his token. Yeah, his token. Uh, I probably something he just had at the beginning of the movie. Just like, just like I had this the entire time. The only da, thing da, I can da, remember da, is da, like da. the book falls off a shelf, and then it's like kind of scary. But then they come and rescue him. Like nothing really happens. Oh to yeah, him. I don't really know what happens to yeah. him. Uh, but I'm here for the James Ransone recognition. Uh, which, which one is he? He, he was Eddie. Eddie, okay. Uh, we know uh, James Ransone. He was uh, in Tangerine. He was in. Uh, he was Ziggy on season two of The Wire, which was amazing. Uh, I'm just happy for him. <laughs> uh, That's I did, very. Can I just say it's very sweet of you? Yeah. It's extremely. sweet. It's one of those actors like you've been. I mean, Wire season two came out in like 2000. Blah blah blah. Uh, three, uh, so know. yeah. We're waiting for that breakout for so long. Did you see that good thing that from this week? Speaking of the wire, the like viral screenshot. Oh, the of tweet. Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where That's someone funny. is saying to David Simon, "Have you seen the wire?" And he just replies, "Have I seen the wire?" <laughs> With no punctuation yeah. at all. Like, <laughs> have I seen great. the wire? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I don't know if we're gonna end up talking about this on the podcast because there's it's movie season's happening. It is it's se- coming September, out, right? so there's a bunch of movies coming out. So we're gonna have our pick of Oscar contenders and yeah, other there's things. A lot coming. Uh, but I do want to mention a great movie, uh, Manos. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Alejandro Lanas is his name. He's Colombian. Maybe we will do it. I don't know what if anything good is coming out Ad Astra next comes weeks. out. Ad Astra, yeah. I want to see Ad But yeah, this movie's great. I would recommend go seeing it. Uh, it almost starts off as this like fantastical Peter Pan Neverland, like these kids. Then you uh, are this like in this like kind of surreal. They're on top of a mountain is where they're at, and it's like all like the entire background of them is the sky, and it's weird and beautiful. But then like, oh wait, they're soldiers. Oh wait, they have guns. Oh wait, their task is they uh, have a prisoner, and then. 
it unfolds to more like a Lord of the Flies and then like you see like their social construct of how they're doing it and then it just gets ramps up from there and uh, it's aided by a great Mika Levy score. Oh, uh, wow. Just one of the better, better art house movies I've seen. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard a lot about it like um, except for hearing about it from mm-hmm. you. Uh, have people been into it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, getting it's getting good? good reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always this is so juvenile and stupid, but I was really into uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand when I was a kid. That's like not, as everyone that's was. A thing, yeah. There was one of the movies that they used to rerun all the time was Manos: The Hands of Fate. Sure. Yeah. So that's what I think of every time I hear of it. The hands of fate had doomed this man. Thy will is done. <laughs> Manos, the hands of fate. I think Manos translates to monkey, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. That's like their name of their uh, guerrilla army. And it's not, it's, it's, is it spelled M-A-N-O-S? M-O. Or M-O-N-O-S. Yeah. M-O-N-O-S. Like the thing that's keeping that football player out of football for the whole oh, season. Oh, yeah, mononucleosis. That's so fucking dumb. That's uh, so embarrassing. Chris is referring to Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. They put up a big graphic during the game on oh, yeah. Monday night that said, like, out for the season, mononucleosis. And he's, like, doing, like, <laughs> bam, fingers in yeah, it. he's, like, got his fingers up very aggressively. Uh, there's a meme generator of it now where you could just change the word. <laughs> <laughs> Sports. Uh, it's great. Yeah. So for myself, I saw it chapter two. I was in Los Angeles for a week. So I had uh, some plane time. So I watched most of X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know, Caleb, I'm not, I don't know if this is going to surprise you, but it's not that great. It's not I, that great of a film. No, sure. I don't like any of the X-Men movies. And I liked X-Men a lot as a child. Mm, X-Men First Class. And First the, Class is The right. other one... Uh, the Brian Singer one. Where the very second one, maybe? The second one, yeah. yeah, exactly. Those are the only good ones, I would say. The other ones are all garbage, basically. And if you count Logan as oh, an if you X-Men count, movie. I don't count Logan, yeah. That's a good movie. It's um, a good movie. It just didn't make any fucking sense. Who cared about anything that was happening? Nobody, you know, um, they introduced some mutants for like a split second, and you don't really get to see them at all. Um, like this woman from the Orville who left the show weirdly in the middle of the second season and nobody has ever really figured out why. <laughs> uh, she plays some mutant who like her power is she can like make a bunch of stars go around her while she's singing. Um, and there's there's like a scene where they're all having a, like a big uh, teenager sex party in the woods. And she's like standing next to a bonfire singing like a pop song while a bunch of like embers float around her. How, but like that's her mutant power is like making cool stuff. While she sings? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, the Sophie Turner aspect of it. Is, is, does she have any movie star chutzpah that we should look forward no, to? No. Sansa Stark? I have never... I think Sophie Turner is very good at Sansa Stark. I mean, when you grow up playing a character like that, in a way, it must be a part of your sure. personality. Like, it, she is Sansa, Sansa Stark in a certain way. When you play a character from, like, 14 to 25, like, it's part of you, I, I would assume. She's 25. Good for her. I don't know. Good I, for I, her. I, I made that up. Good I actually have no idea. In that, in that age. Uh, but I never have felt she has, like, a super compelling presence as an actress, necessarily. She kind of is a little bit timid in a lot of ways. And, um,. She kind of just spends a lot of the movie just like, I don't know, you know, it's all special effects and yeah. mental powers. And so it's just her like looking like she's concentrating really hard, like Eleven from Stranger Things, you know? Oh. And then she's like having a mental battle with Professor Xavier, but it, it's not that great. <laughs> it's honestly not even worth the amount of time Is I talked Patrick about Stewart? it. Uh, Professor X? No, it's it uh, James Mac- McAvoy. Yeah, still James Jimmy McAvoy. Mac, who's also Jimmy in Itch, Itch After Two. Yeah, he's good in it, Chapter Two, I think. Is he? No, uh, I think he. I don't know. Sometimes he phones it in. I like. I mean, he wasn't lot. in it very much. Yeah. yeah. I th- uh, just to 
put a button on the James McAvoy talk. I really like him in Last King of Scotland. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's great in that. He's great in many things. Yeah, he yeah. won uh, Forrest Whitaker an Oscar. I mean, he's great in whatever that fucking movie is where it was like a sequel Glass. to Unbreakable. Yeah, Glass. He was good in that. Yeah, he's good. I didn't see Split, though. Oh, wait. Split is the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. The one and where Glass is the one that just came out this year. It's the sequel to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, anyway, that's enough of that bullshit. Um, no. The first movie we're going to talk about this week is... One, one cut, cut of the, the dead. Motemuki wa jousui jou toshite tsukurare ta nda kedo. Ura dewa aru jikken ni tsukatte ta nda te. Aru jikken? Jintai jikken. Just opened in the U.S. and currently riding a perfect 100% Rotten Tomatoes score, the Japanese indie zombie comedy One Cut of the Dead is an odd, hilarious farce about getting eaten by zombies and making a movie about getting eaten by zombies. Uh, its plot is this kind of like Russian doll with many, many nested layers of meta filmmaking storytelling. Basically, we open the first thing you see in the movie is a woman and she's screaming in terror as she's about to be eaten by her boyfriend who's turned into a zombie. And it's, you know, he's getting closer to her and she's begging him not to eat her. And then we hear cut and we realize that actually they're just making a zombie movie. But then real zombies show up like not that long afterwards. And then like, believe me when I tell you that's just the beginning of about 1000 twists and turns that this movie has. Um, Despite the poster, which is, you know, people covered in blood and it says one cut of the dead. uh, It's really more like a comedy about making movies than it is a horror movie itself. Um, You know, the movie is called One Cut. It's kind of a nod to the fact that the first 37 minutes of it are one long unbroken shot, which is fucking amazing that they do that. Um, It stars unknown actors who actually were all classmates in a Tokyo film school. Uh, It initially opened in just two movie theaters in Tokyo in 2018, but then it went on the international festival circuit. It became a big hit. It eventually earned a huge amount of money in Japan, uh, more than 1,000 times its budget, which is to say it was made for $27,000 and it made more than $27 million. And that's just in Japan. I think the worldwide gross was like $30 million or something. And that's before what's happening right now in the United States. It has a title card at the beginning for Shudder we were talking about. So I think that's the distribution and then you'll find it on Shudder soon. Uh, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Uh, Caleb, what did you think about this movie? Uh, it was very fun. Um, I'm speaking for Chris. We both went into it uh, not knowing much about it. Just there was like some hype around it. Yeah, like right. it was at... Uh, Fantastic Fest last year where it won the Audience Award. Was it like uh, What the Fest at IFC yeah. where it's playing? Yeah, so it was just like, okay, let's check it out. There's It's uh, here, and I'm glad <laughs> I didn't read anything about it because yeah, me too. it's such a weird, loopy thing. Uh, gives you the punchline before the actual joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Uh, which is kind of great. Uh, first, it reads like when you're like the first 37 minutes, the unbroken film of the one cut. Uh it reads as like a wink, wink commentary of like how we uh, take in horror movies too. Right, because it's like the director's like obsessed with making yeah. the movie, so he's called forth real zombies to get a better performance out of his actors. That's and there's like like the also like a little like cheesiness to it of like screaming or just like characters being like, "Oh, you already said that," and like 
Just like a little weird, like, oh, this it's is like, like a, a little, little stilted, but it's like it, we're watching it in Japanese mm-hmm. and we don't speak Japanese. So you're I'm I'm kind of like, well, I don't know how much of this is just yeah. Japanese stuff <laughs> that I don't get, you know. And it's like funny, but you don't know. Like, it's funny because I they, they're messing up, but like, I don't know. But then it re- the film reveals itself more as it goes on. And the final act is just a giant payoff. Oh God, and it's so absolutely great. like so one great. of the uh, most I've laughed in the theater in a long time. Oh my God, and me too. I was like laughing my ass off. I felt like yeah. really stupid because like, I was laughing so much. Because like the, like the first third of the movie, you're just like, we're like, okay, that was weird. They did that. And then the last third of the movie just was like, oh wait, that's, that's why, why I laughed yeah. at that. That's why that was weird. It's just really, and it is a beautiful ode to filmmaking too. And in that sense, it reminded me of like Ed Wood too, yeah. uh, which is a good film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also uh, uh, since it is a film that ends after the 37 minutes, they roll the credits and everything. Yeah, they roll the credits. So the and movie... it's just like, what? It's like there's one shot uh, it's this horror movie. It's 37 minutes long. And then the credits run. Yeah. And I had this moment where I was yeah. like, well, I guess it's fucking over. I don't it, know. You know, it's like that. Like, leave it bl- uh, black screen. Just like not long, but like just long enough. You're like, is it, is over? it over? Yeah. Uh, and then like, there's a part where do, the, the next part of the movie where they just have like a, a montage of all the players again, really like doing action kicks and like, is now that you're like what's happening so it has this like start and stop feel which very felt uh monty python to me because they used to do that a lot on uh flying circus yeah Um, yeah where it would be like the show would end like two minutes into the show and then something else would start and and they were just like well let's do the credit they would start the credits again yeah that's (laughs) totally true so me and caleb before doing the show this week we talked a lot about whether or not to spoil this movie quote unquote but in doing a lot of research basically every review says the things we're about to say including things going back more than a year and a half to when it opened in Japan. Mm-hmm. We are uh, watching ourselves, though. We're watching ourselves. Yeah, exactly. But basically, the way the movie's broken down is, right, there's this, the first third, which is the movie. And then, right, like we're saying, the credits run and it cuts. And then it basically, it has the tone of, like, a soap opera, like, mm-hmm. for kids, where it's, like, a very light. And it's about um, the director getting tasked with having to make a one-cut zombie movie to promote a horror channel, which, by the way, is not unlike Shudder. Yeah. Um, but, it's you know, it's a Japanese one. And it's about them, like, trying to put this, do the script and about him and his wife and his daughter and their, like, little apartment they live in. Mm-hmm. And, they're and his like, daughter's also, like, a weird aspiring filmmaker. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, get this, you know, put on a show, like a yeah. movie from the 30s, you know, with... Uh, mm-hmm. Like Mickey Rooney or something. There isn't, and uh, they do a nice arc for the director. They introduce him as a not a bad director, just an average director. They even say the word average a lot. <laughs> an average director who gets the job done. Yeah. Well, uh, what does he? He says like, I always say, uh, on time, cheap, and okay, <laughs> something like that, uh-huh. right? But the nature of the project, which is one cut zombie movie with the special effects, is a very daunting project. I think the arc is like he responds to the urgency of this film. Uh, and as things happen, he has to like really step up his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even he has to, there's a part where he has to, sorry, here's a little bit of spoiler. He has to cast himself. Well, it's not really a spoiler. Anyway, yeah. he has to cast himself in the movie. And then like he plays the director. He's the director and he plays the director in the film. It's Very so meta. weird. And right. he like yells at his actors, like says things that's like been on like a uh, little plot pieces that have been like and just like lets them all come out. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> so weird because when you watch the beginning, the first chunk, he is playing the director in the zombie movie within a movie. And he's like being very loud and screaming and right. The plot is that he is 
intentionally unleashed zombies to murder everyone. So he's always, there's a really funny part where you hear a knock on the door of the building they've barricaded themselves in. And he goes, it's just me. There's no monsters. (laughs) And then they open the door and he pushes a zombie through and he's like, action, (laughs) you know, and he's filming it. Um, But then when you cut to the second half, he's like very meek and down on his luck. And he's, and you find out like he is the actual director of that movie that we just watched. And, but you're like, he was also playing the director and that doesn't get explained Mm -hmm. for another like half hour. Like how did that happen? If this sounds confusing, uh, the movie does a very good job of uh, keeping it all linear and easy to follow. It really is easy to follow. It's yeah. really, somehow it's not confusing at yeah. all. Um, I also like to give a special shout out to the uh, cinematographer who had a plan, of, like they did had a plan a lot of the choreography of the first act. And then like the uh, film changes a little bit to less grainy to like yeah. actually like, that. and then the whole last half of them is just a lot of just like timing set pieces of, uh, right, because the whole last uh, half yeah. is you're watching them film the one cut zombie movie that you watched at the beginning it's of the movie, but like all sorts of crazy things are happening behind the scenes. Good it's, trick, it's like yeah. a it's like a play. It's like a farce. Yeah. It's like noises off or something mm-hmm. where you're seeing like all everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and all the things that seemed a little bit weird in the first half that you didn't think about too much are explained it's like this happened because this insane mm-hmm. thing happened behind the scenes <laughs> and it's so funny because it's so perfect you know it's so perfectly uh, fits if anything it's a little uh twee and quaint which is not a complaint it's uh the uh the fact that they're making a zombie film uh twee is kind of great in itself yeah i really wish it would have been a little bit more i don't know i don't want to say fucked up but yeah, it's really not that. It really up. isn't. It's, there's hardly like, any gore. The way yeah. it's like it's written so perfectly that I was like, oh wait, I, I'm very fine with uh, how this screen screenplay is. Like they they made a perfect movie for whatever they wrote down. Yeah, it's like 96 minutes. <laughs> yeah. it's got it divided up into these three almost equal parts, mm-hmm. and it just yeah, it goes along perfectly. The tone changes radically from one segment to another segment yeah but each of them are like pretty good you know and you're like going along and you're interested in what's happening you know at no point was i like oh what the fuck's going on in this stupid movie like it just it does a very yeah. good job of like chugging forward and it's actually really funny then during the credits of the movie you're seeing someone filming the uh lie the zombie movie portion that you watched before and but it's like the real crew but then the real crew is doing all the stuff that the yeah. fake crew did in the third part of the movie like exactly <laughs> and you're like cuz at a certain point during the third section I was like I wonder if this is actually what they were doing while they were filming the first section because they're doing it perfectly, you know? It's like, I wonder if they just did it at the same time to save money, you know? But uh, apparently not. They yeah. did not. Well, they do some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff during the end credits. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another movie this reminded me of, uh, uh, the director is Sion Sono, who is a very bloody, very violent uh, director uh, from Korea. Um he made a movie called uh, "Why Don't You Play in Hell." Uh, it's distributed. <laughs> Why don't you play in hell? Great title, yeah. It's distributed by Oscilloscope, uh, but they're uh, replace zombies with uh, the the Yakuza, and they're like they're trying to like save an actress who was kidnapped from the Yakuza uh, by like making her star in this film. But then like they put real bullets in the guns, and it ends up this really fucked up, beautiful oh, massacre of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's a movie about making movies, which yeah. we've done a couple of on this podcast, sure, but yeah. it's like there, it's always fun. I think it's always fun. Yeah, to watch. it's a fun thing. Um, and this had a very DIY spirit to it. Oh because... my God. Well, I mean, they did, they made it for $27,000, yeah. which is fucking nuts, you yeah. know, like.
<laughs> That's so little money. And you can uh, tell uh, that it's cheap, uh, but that adds to the first couple minutes of it, like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh, wait. It's a perfect aesthetic. I mean, be. it's like the world's best student yeah. film, basically. You know, <laughs> like, and I was reading too, I guess, you know, kind of like in the United States, the independent film in Japan has really been on the downward slope. Sure. Like, there aren't as many independent films anymore. And this has kind of, I think, you know, been very inspirational to a lot of people because it ended up being like the seventh highest grossing yeah, movie of the year. Yeah, it's one of the top 10 highest grossing movies in Japan. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like amazing. Um, the director, is the guy's name is uh, Shinichiro Ueda, which I think is how you say it. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. He makes his other projects are things with names like uh, Rice and Boobs or Formal Warrior Suit Ranger. <laughs> his follow up to this is a thing called Aesop, which the I didn't watch the trailer, but when you when the, the still is three people in very brightly colored like mascot outfits, basically like furry suits tied up on the roof of a building. Okay. And it's like, I don't know. He's like a big deal. Not a big deal. Comedy. Director yeah. I checked out there. his, uh, IMDb page. Yeah. And it was seemed like a lot of shorts. And then this movie came out yeah. and I was getting like a lot more, it's some more features yeah, he has and a lot stuff. of yeah, projects exactly. in the works, uh, which, Hey, now if you say, Oh, from the director, one cut of the dead now, I'll be like, Oh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't know shit going into this movie, basically, and I was extremely pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Like, I, I don't know what the deal with the theatrical distribution is. Like, we're talking about Shutter is behind it, probably. But like, here in New York, it's only playing at the IFC Center, and IFC is only playing it at twelve thirty in the afternoon and ten p.m. at night. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> the fuck is that about? <laughs> what? The, who has ever in their life heard of playing a movie at those times? And those times only. You know. You got anything else to say about this dog? Uh, do, 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 do. No, I talked about the cinematographer. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so the second movie that we're doing this week is Dawn of the Dead. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. This situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the Dead. Meet me on the roof at 9 o'clock. Get out. I don't believe We're it. We're going to get out in the chopper. George Romero's Dawn of the Dead is the second movie in the Night of the Living Dead film series between 1968's Night of the Living and 1985's Day of. Uh, coming second with a groundwork already lit, being laid, 1978's Dawn of focuses on the fallout in a larger scope of life after the zombie apocalypse. That scope includes a look at four survivors of said apocalypse and the ensuing societal collapse. Uh, They barricade themselves inside a mall, a setting that allows Romero to play with some social satire and commentary on consumerism. Written in collaboration with Dario Argento, whose Suspira just came out in the U.S. a year earlier, Dawn of the Dead has grown from its own success as a cult movie to one of the most well-regarded horror films ever made, uh, with Roger Ebert, who gave the film four out of four stars, saying, and I edited this quote a little bit, uh, gruesome, sickening, disgusting, violent, brutal, and appalling. Nobody ever said art had to be in good taste. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a classic of the genre. I mean, a lot of people credit this movie with, it's the oh, it game changed it. Yeah, it's the moment where zombies. You know, as much as he reinvent, he completely George Romero completely reinvented the idea of zombies with Night of the Living Dead. But then when you get to Dawn of the Dead, it's like it moves it even further, and it it it, it 
brings up the idea that the zombies are some kind of virus. It's like you got people on television talking about how, you know, you know, what, what's going on with these zombies? Like, how can we fight them? You know, and there, mm-hmm. they, there's a segment at the beginning where there's like people on TV yelling at each other about the zombie apocalypse. And uh, they lay out all the rules for how to kill the zombies in case you don't know how to kill a zombie. It was actually really interesting because I had not seen this movie until this time where you did it on the show. But it, Things you think of as being very revolutionary in the zombie genre, like 28 Days Later, a lot of that kind of stuff is happening in in this movie where you're kind of like stepping beyond just the idea of like, oh no, a zombie is scary. We're being chased by zombies. No, it's more about like the survival and uh, I think... What is that TV show on AMC about walking? Oh, the, the Walking Dead. That show yeah. is basically this, uh, a, yeah. a larger scoped, instead of a mall, it's the world. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like this. And I mean, it's because it's basically the movie isn't about zombies as much as it's about like how would people react oh, yeah. to being in a zombie apocalypse. Um, you know, it's about a, sort of our, our central cast. It kind of gets going when... Um, two of the main characters are National Guard members, and they're supposed to be, you know, doing missions and protecting everything. And they're, right in the beginning, they're like, everyone's running away. Like, we should run away. I'm going to run away. You should come with me. And they decide to run away together. And they get end up with uh, a local traffic helicopter guy. Like, yeah. isn't that what he is? Yeah. And his girlfriend, who works at the news station. It starts at the news station. So, yeah, a lot of the movie's about the media. A lot of it's about, like, how, you know, society works together you know and you know the most famous thing about this movie is that a a large percentage of it takes place in a shopping mall and it's like you know this very heavy-handed like consumerism turns you into a zombie and there's like you know zombies walking through the you know the department stores and zombies walking by the food court or whatever you know it started the thing where like uh when they're zombies they come back to things they recognize right uh, which is a trope used, uh, what's his name? My man, Jim Jarmusch, killed that trope to death in the movie he did this year. Uh, what was that called? I already forget. Oh, God. Yeah, we didn't. We were almost did it on the show, and then we didn't. Uh, yeah, I really want to do it. I don't remember either. Um, it's actually, there's a book I really liked from a few years ago. The book is called Zone One. It's a Colson Whitehead book. And basically, it's about, it's not, it's kind of like we've almost gotten over the zombie apocalypse, and they've walled off. New York, and the, there, it's about a team of people that have to go through apartment buildings and make sure there's no zombies there. And know. if they find a zombie in an apartment, they kill it, obviously. That's cool. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I had heard the thing that uh, zombies go back to places they recognize and do things they recognize. Uh, I didn't know that that was, you know, <laughs> a 30-year, 40-year-old idea, yeah. you know? like uh, The Dead Don't Die is the Jim Jarvis movie. Oh, right, 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 right. yeah. Uh, Tom Savini, who is a genius, he also directed oh, uh, yeah. the fourth movie in this franchise franchise which it should have stayed at a trilogy He's like a but legendary yeah. makeup artist yeah legendary yeah. makeup artist so um the first movie night of living came out in 1968 tom worked on that uh and then this movie took 10 it was 10 years later uh tom was drafted into the vietnam war between that time oh my God, really? uh, yeah and he's said that the, that horrible experience of being in vietnam uh, helped inspire his work on this film. Oh and this God. film is gory. Uh, it is a little dated now it's, because... It's very dated uh, because the effects look pretty mm-hmm. fake. So that just know. makes it very fun if you're a person of 2019 who's yeah. used to more worse stuff. And also if you're somebody who gets like scared or grossed out easily, this is not bad at all by at the, the standards yeah. of today. By the standards of today, it's fine because it yeah. looks kind of fake, you know? They do pour a lot of blood on there. And there's, an, uh, I mean, there's an amazing... Uh, 
shotgun in that head scene, but it's so fake looking that it's absolutely comical. And they yeah. probably knew how fake looking it was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a legendary fake dumb thing. <laughs> I mean, so many shots of zombies getting shot in the head. So many shots of people getting a bite taken out of them yeah. by a zombie where you can see like they get like meat off of them. <laughs> Um, and you know, sitting in 2019, you're like, oh, this is pretty fucking dumb. But in like the 70s, this was you know very yeah, people, very uh, scary. Hated people. this movie. It was gonna get an X rating because <laughs> yeah. it was so gory. But then they released it unrated. Uh, Gene Shalit's line in the 70s was more like "Yawn of the Dead." <laughs> but that dude was totally creeped out. Gene Shalit sucks. That's so funny. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, Tom Savini. The thing I always think about at Tom Savini. Did you see that movie Summer School? No. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? It's like from the 80s. It's like a teen comedy, kind of, but it's about, it, it's it's like, uh, Kirstie Alley is in it, and the guy, Mark Harmon, is in it. Basically, it's like Mark Harmon is a teacher who doesn't give a shit, and they make him teach summer school, and he is teaching summer school, like, I don't give a shit. Like, they go to, um, a roller coaster. They go to like an amusement park and ride <laughs> roller coasters. He, like, hangs out with his dog on the beach. But, uh, anyway, part of, there's two characters in the summer school class who are obsessed with horror movie makeup. It's, it's a movie, you know, from the eighties. Uh-huh. And I always, I mean, Tom, they, I think they talk about Tom Savini like a lot, you know, and they're like reading issues of Fangoria and like <laughs> they do their own like DIY monster makeup, you know, like gore stuff with blood squirting out and things. Um, I kept thinking about that the whole time <laughs> because uh, it, it was like a huge deal culturally, this movie like this, you know, Tom Savini was on, uh, was, had a guest speak at uh, Android's Dungeon, which is owned by the comic book guy from The oh, Simpsons. Right, I do remember and that. And he really embarrassed comic book guy. It was a very good episode. Sure, computer technology is here to stay, but there'll always be a place for the practical special effects wizard. Didn't he like rip his own head off in that like scene? Like he like had no hand. Yeah, he did something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, this movie, and this is uh, me speaking as a person from uh, southwestern Pennsylvania. Uh, oh yeah. Gr- big pride. Uh, this movie was filmed at Monroeville Mall, which is a place I used to go to about uh, at least once a month. Oh really? Yeah. My uh, mother's Filipino dance troupe practiced there. <laughs> oh my god, really, <laughs> Caleb? Uh, I feel like I have a lot of questions about this. So uh, first of all, your mother was in a Filipino dance troupe. Yeah, man. <laughs> is she still? Is she still in it? Uh, she's still involved, but not in the dancing part. Oh wow! And this is—they would do like shows at the mall. Uh, they would—they would practice. They had a practice space. They would practice in the mall. Oh wow! They would have uh shows. I don't know, maybe like two or three times a year. Did you? So you went and like you had to go and watch her do her. No, thing? I could just go to the mall and hang out. Oh, at the so mall. she would just like let you run around the mall. Hell yeah, man! Oh, that's cool. Did you? Did you ever watch? Were you? Did you think it was cool or lame that she did this? Uh, I thought it was cool. Get out of the house. <laughs> apparently they have a statue of george romero at this mall now oh shit i need to go back to monroeville mall to see that yeah is it still open do you know actually i don't know because malls i mean like who knows i mean this is the other thing right it's like a testament to the era of malls and that's like as dated as the uh, monster makeup right Mm -hmm. because it's like the mall it's like everything you could possibly want is in the mall like one Mm -hmm. department store has an endless amount of food and candy tools clothing like yeah, they get we- weapons ammunitions yeah. and weapons which like i don't think you get any of that in the mall <laughs> uh, these days especially first, not in one store uh, they break in through the ceiling and like are in like the offices but then they just decorate it because they have <laughs> access to all this stuff <laughs> <laughs> and they just make like an apartment in the mall. And there's a scene towards the end, like right before the big final fight scene, 
where they're all very safe and they've got all this shit in the mall and they like have like a little dinner party, but then they all are kind of like in a bad mood. And one of them says, what have we done? (laughs) Which I guess is like a metaphor for like society generally, man. Like what have we done domesticating ourselves? You know, (laughs) I did, uh, I did quote Roger Ebert before he, um, it was, uh, I was reading about, reactions to his review too because it was a pretty well-written review uh, he gave it four out of four stars but people thought he didn't like it he gave it four out of four stars people thought he didn't like it really he, he said like this movie's not for everyone and again he was probably right it's 1978 uh, but he had a great line that i like and it probably sums up uh how i feel about a lot of movie i think about a lot of movies uh it's not depraved it's about depravity Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, you do see all these, like, really fucked up images, and it is a bloodbath, and he does a lot of, like, silly things in this movie. Like, I think there's, like, spraying each other with, like, seltzer water and they stuff. They spray zombies. Yeah. The bad guys spray zombies with seltzer yeah, water. Yeah, and they're, like, yeah. walking around. Like, zombies on escalators is always going to be funny to me. <laughs> uh, and he does all this, like, weird imagery zombies stuff. Zombies on a hockey yeah. rink, you know? like <laughs> And these are, like, really deliberate decisions of, like, excess and going too far. Uh, and... They affect, and you have to like think about how they're affecting. Uh, it's like very visceral imagery that makes you d- dive in and think about it more. And it's a movie about zombies in a mall. <laughs> well, I mean, and I mean, speaking of it being a movie about depravity, one of the really interesting things in it is um, they spend a lot of time showing you the kind of people who would enjoy permission to shoot people. So like there's oh, um, yeah. right at the beginning, there's a whole sequence with one of the uh, National Guard people They're It's like the zone one thing I was talking about. They're trying to clear out an apartment building of zombies, but there's also people in there and he just kicks open all the doors and shoots anybody that's in the rooms. Mm-hmm. And he's like laughing and yelling and just murdering a bunch of people. And they eventually have to kill this guy. Like they're tackling yeah. him to the ground and he's throwing them off and shooting people. And then a little bit later, there's a scene with like, you know, a bunch of stereotypical redneck kind of people. And um, they're all like drinking beers and hanging around and just laughing and shooting any zombie they see. <laughs> but it's like, and you know, you know that these are zombies and we should be fighting zombies. That's like the point of a zombie movie. But also it's like gross. It's <laughs> like how much they're enjoying shooting people in the head makes you very uncomfortable. Oh, sure. And that's on purpose. I mean, because there would be like if there was a zombie apocalypse, there would be a sizable percentage of people who would be like, oh, cool. I can murder my neighbor mm-hmm. now. Like, I mean, I guess that's even in the Simpsons episode, like, Homer gets to kill Ned Flanders. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Simpson, I'm feeling a mite peckish. Mind if I chew your ear? (gasps) Dad, you killed the zombie Flanders. He was a zombie? Yeah, it's a movie about uh, society collapsing in the third movie, uh, which is uh, Day of the Dead. I think they say it's zombies outnumber humans like 40,000 to one or something crazy like that. So that's like more survival. And this is more just like them still trying to survive and ultimately like losing that. Right. (laughs) There's like still TV, you know, there's still radio. Oh yeah. Society hasn't collapsed yet. I think the TV or the radio goes like blank or silence at one point. Yeah. Towards the end. And you're just like, and they're like, Oh fuck. It's fucking over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so the other thing to say about this, movie is that there was a remake of it in 2004 directed by Zack Snyder. Zacky S. Starring Sarah uh, Polly. <laughs> yeah, indie cinema darling Sarah Polly. And also that guy from Modern Family is in it as a total scumbag. Oh, I don't want... I don't uh, Ty Burrell, oh, the, the dad. Yeah. 
He's in it, and Ving Rhames is in it also. Doing this show has made me realize how much I used to watch HBO because I feel like very often I say like, oh yeah, I used to watch this on HBO all the time. This is definitely one of those movies because it came out in 2004. You know, I moved to New York in 2004 and I was unemployed for a while. And then I you know, was living in a new place and making friends. So I spent a lot of time at home by myself watching HBO. <laughs> and this movie used to be on constantly, constantly, constantly. And I have seen it like a billion times. It used to scare the shit out of me, the um, <laughs> remake. Because in, in the remake, it's a lot more about the zombies being like a metaphor for death. Like they're like these complete, this completely unstoppable force of death. And there's nothing you can do to outrun it no matter what you do. And, you know, spoiler alert, one of the, at, at the climax of the movie, the heroes escape and they escape on a boat and they get to an island. But then oh. it's like they get to an island and then there's just zombies on the fucking island, man. <laughs> they're just getting chased by zombies on the island. Like they're everywhere. It's, you know, it, the, to me, it's like, oh, it's like death. It's like you, there's, there's literally no escape. You want to feel like you can somehow get outside of it, but you can't. And that was very terrifying to me as a like 20 four-year-old i haven't seen it but i do want to uh as i did learn that uh james gunn wrote it and i enjoy oh, really? how fun that guy can be i mean it's very much like the first episode of that show the walking dead is very much like what happens in the uh, remake of this movie mm, it's pretty great i mean honestly I, I like it a lot i'm not gonna say that it's better than this movie because that's sacrilege but you know as somebody who is a modern person mm-hmm. it, it will hit you harder to watch that version because it's got modern effects, and it's for a modern sensibility. I do want to watch it now that I've yeah. revisited uh, Dawn of the Dead, which I would say is my favorite zombie movie. Uh, it was really good. I mean, it's yeah. a really, really it's good really, zombie. Yeah. I mean, I still like 28 Days Later, maybe. 28 Days Later and Shaun of the Dead are probably my favorite zombie movies. Uh, Dead Alive, I would put up there. but Oh, yeah, Dead like, Alive is fantastic. It's not classically zombie, because there's yeah, like a rat of, that bites them, but they are like dead like a, and like They give birth to a zombie yeah. baby. Yeah. And I like Reanimator a lot, too. Oh, I've actually never seen Reanimator. Yeah, Stuart Gordon movie, yeah. So a lot fun. of this stuff, like the way I interacted with a lot of 80s and early 90s horror movies is a very good friend of mine in basically from like elementary school through middle school, had an older brother who his entire bedroom was like pages from Fangoria that he had pasted on the wall and like movie posters of like Frank and Weenie and the reanimator Uh and stuff like that. But like literally every inch of all of the walls and the ceiling was covered in this, in this stuff. And it was terrifying. It was terrifying to be in his room. <laughs> it was just like blood and guts. And I. it made me want to get out of the room as quickly as possible and also to never, ever see any of those movies. So I think that's kind of why I'm kind of a baby about this stuff is that I was afraid of Nate Hensley's room, you know? Like, oh, damn. Uh, not uh, that he was mean. He was a really nice guy and is a, still a nice guy. Sure. I think my person was named Kenny Weber, but I was like in first grade and we moved in third grade so it was like two years of just like this guy's like so he were all black uh he was in a band they played in the garage and they just played the um iron man riff oh really a lot, over and over <laughs> again <laughs> but he was a cool guy he was uh like wayne campbell but uh, more metal like a more metal Wayne Campbell. I mean, Wayne Campbell had like aspirations to be super metal, but he was a little too nah, goofy, right? He was too goofy. I think he liked Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just because they could get Aerosmith to be in the movie, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, I mean, the... Alice Cooper, you know, that's Alice true. Cooper. Yeah, that's pretty metal. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. <laughs> yeah, it's like a pretty good movie. I mean, it is also like dated in certain aspects and we were saying it's it's very episodic like 
it kind of happens in a few set pieces yeah. and you could skip one of the set pieces and not notice or mm-hmm. care, you know? And that's, you know, definitely has that thing of an old low budget movie where like sometimes you can't hear what they're saying or mm-hmm. like there's a big set piece where they go and get trucks to block off the entrances to the mall. And they also have the helicopter flying around. And I was like, what is this fucking helicopter doing? The guy did not even have a gun because like they get in danger and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> there's a point where one of the truck drivers is very close to being eaten by a zombie and the helicopter just like, goes close to the ground <laughs> and the guy inside the helicopter is going come on notice look up <laughs> and you're like what the fuck is this is not all you're doing is wasting fuel this we're in an apocalypse situation and you're just wasting all of your helicopter fuel um there was a, a different ending that was darker uh so uh not, it wasn't Flyboy. it was the other guy peter anyway um mm. He and uh, is, is he the guy from the first movie? No, there, no, no one's from the it's first. A different yeah. guy. Okay, uh, like he's uh, has a gun. Uh, he's probably gonna kill himself because the zombies are closing in, uh, and he decides to fight. And the original one's like, no, he actually kills himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but that late, and uh, the female, I forget her name off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I know, I don't know. Uh, she's in a helicopter uh, as this is going on. Uh, they get away. He comes up in the in the movie. So she does. He doesn't come up in the alternate ending. So she sticks her head out of the helicopter, and her head gets cut off by the <laughs> <blades>. <laughs> Oh my Man. god, that's so stupid. Yeah. That's so. Stupid. But it does end in like a very unknown, like okay, they survive, but to nothing. Kind of like an us ending a little bit. Yeah, because the what happens at the end is they get in the helicopter, they take off from the mall. You know, all the bad guys and the zombies are all everywhere. And the one guy says to the woman, uh, "How much fuel do we have?" And she says, "Not much." Yeah. And he goes okay and then they just fly off you know <laughs> and as we learned uh it's a pretty strong trilogy dawn, uh with uh night of the living dawn of and then day of day of is like 1985 i want to say yeah. uh and then yeah the zombies just over and then he made like five more movies after that but like, yeah i don't supposedly terrible yeah um, uh, Tom Savini directed one of those movies, though. That's cool. that's cool. He directed, yeah. Yeah, supposedly a lot of the effects the were improvised on set, like they weren't worked out ahead of time. Apparently, he didn't even do a storyboard for this movie, <laughs> but he wrote a, the, he wrote it all in the script. The script is something like 400 pages long because he what? described in detail how every action sequence was supposed <laughs> to go because he didn't have time or money to do storyboards. But then a lot of the... Um, specific ways the various zombies are killed they just kind of figured it out on set like there's a very famous uh shot of someone getting a zombie getting stabbed through the ear with a screwdriver and then all this blood wells out and you know it's a very static shot it just looks like it's a fake head sitting on the ground and that the still camera above it and someone stabs it (laughs) but by the standards of 1978 this was like the grossest most realistic thing anyone had ever seen but that was made up on the set supposedly like they just kind of were like oh i don't know let's try this shit you know it's like tom savini just hanging out in a mall (laughs) oh speaking of the other weird thing i read was um so yeah, they shot in this mall in Pennsylvania. So they supposedly had to shoot overnight, and then they had to clean up everything and break everything down so the mall could open in the morning. Oh wow! <laughs> I think they readied it out for like some of the days, but yeah, I did have. I remember hearing that they always had to reopen it. It's crazy. That sounds like such a fucking pain in the ass. That's yeah. insane because that's like hours on both ends that you yeah. have to spend not shooting. <laughs> it's like hours and hours of setup and breakdown. So you know, if the mall is closed for twelve hours, you're probably only getting like seven hours mm-hmm. of shooting I or something i read it took like six months to film too or so oh that? my god well no wonder right yeah. <laughs> um yeah ha- had you seen this movie before yeah uh, they recently played it at bam i want to say earlier this year mm. yeah yeah also, but you hadn't seen it till this year no i've seen it before then too 
Okay. But it was a bit, it's been a, a minute before, between my watches. It's also kind of a hard movie to find. Weirdly, the only way I could find to watch it was on YouTube for free. Oh, weird. I couldn't. I kept looking it up on Amazon and on my various devices, but the only ones that would come up was the remake. Was it an official or good quality or just like someone ripped it? No, it was YouTube? a really good quality, and it yeah. was the whole thing from start to finish. It, the movie's long as the other yeah. thing. It's like two hours and 20, two hours and 19 minutes. But yeah, it was the whole thing. So I, I don't know how that happened. How, how did you watch it? Uh, well, I, uh, I just re- uh, remembered it from the time I saw it earlier this year. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. And then I just read a bunch of reviews, and I really got into that uh, <laughs> rabbit hole of the Roger Ebert review. Roger Ebert, a good critic to reference because everyone knows who he yeah, is. Yeah, exactly, and he does a very good job. <laughs> yeah, he's a very smart and very weird dude. Caleb, I woke up at 6.30 in the goddamn morning <laughs> to watch this movie, and you're telling me you didn't even watch it? <laughs> I saw it earlier this year, and also we didn't decide till uh, <laughs> like Monday. Two days ago, <laughs> yeah, I know. But like, also, I'm just very betrayed. I feel very betrayed. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm super dedicated to the show, and I am willing to put my body through torture to be able to I watch, watch these uh, things. I did watch the clip of the head getting blown off just because I always thought that oh, was that's Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, and I did skip around a little bit, if we're being honest. <laughs> I skipped around a little bit because there's just like sections where I'm like, okay, there's a zombie getting killed. Like, uh, free Phil to call us out on Twitter at ABC Movies. Yeah, right. Movies if we ABC. really fucked anything up. Uh, you got anything else to say about this movie, dog? Uh, no, I love it. It's, it's good. It's a really good, it's a really yeah. good zombie movie. I mean, I will say I was a little bored in parts. Um, it does reach for something bigger than an actual zombie movie, which is kind of cool. And that's probably where it, most of its influence lies. Yeah, because it's about people. It's about the media. It's about society. It's about, you know, lots it's not of stuff about that being isn't chased, It's about, like, how we react to... Yeah, you know, uh, like, would people come together? Would they yeah. kill each other? And, you know, spoiler, it's the second one. Mm-hmm. That's George Romero's opinion. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, so Caleb, let's say that you were in some kind of life and death situation where the only way to get out of it was to pick one of these two movies as the actually best choice movie. Uh, what are you going to say, dude? What I are you going to say? I would get to know my killer and, uh, see how he is. If he and is, try to make them see you as a human yeah. being so then they don't want to kill you. If yeah. he is a, uh, more gentle or soul behind those steely eyes, I would <laughs> recommend him one cut of the dead because it is kind of a hug of a movie. It I'd kind of is, right? Yeah. But then I'd be like, nah, man, check out Dawn of the Dead. That shit's dope. I would say Dawn of the Dead is my actually best choice. Okay, so you're going with Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's an all-time classic. It's an it's an absolutely like foundational text of all zombie and horror cinema that we're watching now. But having said that, like, you don't have to read Shakespeare to watch The Wire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, you, 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 you might more enjoy the things that are influenced by it rather than the foundational thing. Uh, so I would say I, I got to go with One Cut of the Dead on this Interesting. one. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You enjoy watching it. It's technically um, not a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie movie. <laughs> right, because there are no real yeah. zombies in it. It's a zombie movie movie. Yeah, exactly. So there's your spoiler for it that I was trying not to say, but it's such a good line. I had to get that line in. I mean, yeah, you got to get those lines in. You love doing lines. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> mm, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the show this week, guys, you know? It's a zombie-themed show. It's not even October. Yeah, it's Of the Dead. I mean, we're getting pretty close to October. I guess the next show will be October. Yeah, Octi-Doggy. Yeah, Scott Ackerman might say. Octonauts. Yeah. That'll be me soon. I'll know all about fucking Octonauts. Once my Once my baby child is born. Yeah. Sweet baby child. Sweet baby child of mine. That's what I'm going to sing to my baby every night to make it go to sleep. The Cheryl Crow version from Big Daddy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I had to get a Big Daddy reference in it. The show isn't complete if you don't reference Big Daddy. I mean, come on. Horse? Pony? Hip? Hop? Hip hop anonymous? Uh, thanks for coming, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful babies. I really appreciate yes, it. Yes, you've done it. We are proud of you. Oh, you did it so good. We love you. Good night, Bartos.